This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show. You, know, you can hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dominant start by him. The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killabrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Molitor Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Well, good morning. The uh, the band's all together. Everybody in the same room for the first time in a while. Had some wild travel of late. We've got Paul Mahler. we got Jack Morris. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, good morning. Kind of Beautiful. fun to be together. Yeah, yeah it nice. Is. Makes it easier. A little, little reunion on a beautiful morning here. <laughs> and speaking of reunions, I think that's a great place to start uh, with uh, a celebration that has lasted throughout the weekend and has been pretty cool. Uh, celebrating the vanquishing of Jack's 87 Tigers, who uh, <laughs> could not get it done in the uh, in the championship league. Funny team. how we talk about that. We've been talking about the 87 Twins for the last half hour here and uh, enjoying every minute of it, reminiscing. And, and, Paul, I think it's neat because, and you've been a part of a lot of these celebrations now, and Jack as well, but I, I like to always gauge the reaction of the current players to see if they realize that, as Jack and I were just talking, this is a time machine. We're giving you a, a time machine. If you win... This is what your future can hold, which is uh, something that can, can't be bought, it can't be purchased, it can't be manufactured, it can only be earned together as a unit. Uh, and, and I know you're a guy, you were on the top step uh, soaking in every second of that yesterday. I, I was, but I, I think you're right about the current roster. Uh, you know, I was kind of trying to keep an eye down down the road there and see who was kind of into it. I actually ended up standing next to, to Miggy during most of the ceremony, and and he was in there by it. He talked about getting a chance to win. I want to do that. I want to come back and have, you know, friendships and maybe be able to have people remember winning winning a World Series. So I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, as far as for the group that was out there, you know, what can you say? Jack, Jack you know, competed against them. And uh, that was a special group. TK, obviously, for me, was a huge part of getting that thing done. Um, but it was fun. You know, 30 years ago, that's the hard part to believe. It's amazing <laughs> how it goes. Yeah, we were just talking not only about the 87 Twins, we were talking about our team in Toronto, Paul, in 93, and what a great lineup that was. But uh, I I just, uh, I guess the biggest question is I see what Chris just asked is, you know, these kids sit around and do they even understand that just win, baby, win, and this is a gift for life. And the way fans are showing their respect for these players that have won, it's just something you can't can't put a price tag on, but uh, it's a... It's a bond and a friendship that lasts yeah, a lifetime. Uh, those the relationships, I, you know, obviously championships are going to be remembered. But as you know from being out of the game for a while, like myself, you know, the relationships that endure, I mean, those, those are special. I, I think our guys yesterday that were watching that ceremony, to be honest with you, we, we've tried to bridge our generations in the Twins organization and make sure our guys know a little bit about our history, the retired numbers, and some of the things that have happened. But I think some of those guys were out there and going, you know, 
Tim Lauder played baseball. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not to call on TV. I, I think there's, I think there's some disconnect. But and you know, they see they see Dan Gladden, who they've known as a broadcaster now and never as a player, and they watch his highlights. And I, I think it's pretty cool for for our guys to understand some of those connections. You know what I think is cool is that it, it, you realize again, and again, we've been very fortunate to be a, a part of seeing a lot of this. That it's not just the stars that win championships. It's not just Puckett, Herbeck, Gaetti. It takes every piece of that yeah, 25, sure. probably 30-man puzzle and that it you can't do it without all the pieces fitting into place. I mean, that, that's the thing that's special to me. Yeah, well, you know, I, I thought Frankie Viola's comments oh. were, were were spot on. I don't know. I'm sure he had a little pre-thought, but a lot of it was just off the cuff and in terms of he knew what he wanted to talk about. But, you know, the highlights for me, obviously um, – you know, talking about Steli, which was a, an emotional moment for people that are close to him and even Twins fans that just know his history. But also I thought Frankie's comments in regards to, you know, talent plays, and we all know that, but it's the willingness of the group to come together and, and, and shelve your ego at the door, all those things that you've heard about sports and what needs to be done to be successful. And it rang really, really true for that squad. Paul, do you see that in the future for these guys? You know, I, I think that we, you know, obviously, Jack, that's our goal is to try to get back into that winner's circle here in some capacity here, hopefully sooner than later. Uh, I think today it's maybe even a little more challenging to get guys to buy in. Um, we're doing it better this year. I think guys have understood that, you know, yeah, you come up here and you need to get established. You worry about your own career. You worry about getting sent down. But when you can kind of put that on the back burner and, and focus on trying to, you know, help your team win, it, it's going to produce better results. There's no, there's no doubt about that. So I think, but with today's players and the and the dollars that are out there and all the no, things that these guys it. have and the, the entourages and things, it, it's tough. But you know, I think you see teams that that win and are successful. They they still find a way to connect like that. All right, Paul Molitor, Jack Morris, good stuff. We'll turn our attention to the 2017 Twins when we return. This is the Paul Molitor Show, brought to you by Kilmer Root Beer on the home for Twins Baseball. This is Paul Molitor. You're listening to the Alternative Channel at 96.3, your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killer Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made. Got to see Harmon, courtesy of uh, Danny's home videos last night here in the uh, ballpark. And thankfully, they didn't show all of Danny's home videos here in the ballpark, <laughs> yeah. which would have been a whole different sort of uh, they, viewing they, experience. They, they only semi open the open the vault. <laughs> there are <laughs> they, things they in that vault nobody vault. wants to see uh, in the Dan Gladden vault. Let's talk about the 2017 uh, Twins, Paul. And it, it's funny because. Uh, you guys have won nine straight games when you were in danger where with a loss you'd be back at 500. But you can't quite get that, that four-game streak or that five-game streak to open things up. Is this division potentially going to come down to whichever team puts together a, a streak at some point in the next uh, month or so? Yeah, it's speculative. I, I, I do think that you know one or multiple teams are going to have to find a way to play better and more a higher winning percentage of baseball to go ahead and try to find a way to win this division and keep yourself in a wild card hunt. I, I think everybody feels, I know I do, a little bit fortunate that where we're at is still good enough to be in the in the conversation. So I, I'm kind of waiting for that stretch too. I think we have it in us. Um, you know, it just it just haven't materialized. I, I mean, I'm I'm glad that we've been able to avoid, you know, some of those droughts and things at this time of the year where they can really change the. The outlook of, of where you are in the standings, but uh, yeah, you, it would be great to have a little push and 
you know, everyone would love to see a little separation. But we got to just go out there and, and try to win each game, win series, those type of things. And, and hopefully that's good enough to stay around until we get to, down to the end. Two months left, Paul, uh, basically. You got mm-hmm. August and September, and everybody talks about August being the grinding month that really separates teams. Uh, what do you foresee this team uh, doing in the month of August, and what is it going to take for them to be in contention or possibly even winning the division right. coming into late September? Well, we're going to have plenty of opportunities against inter- interdivisional foes, yeah. uh, including Cleveland and Kansas City, and, and those games will be, you know, they're always they're always big just because of the two-game swing. But, uh, you know, I, I think you can break down our team offensively. We're competing. We're, we're not, I don't think we're swinging the bats as well as we're capable of. Defense is maintained for the most part. Um, but I, I'm just looking at pitching. You know, I, I think that if, uh, you know, we get some consistency from the rotation, you know, whether it's Irvin and Jose and, and you know, Gibby last night stepping up, I think Mejia's been relatively good, you know, uh, Cologne, we're, we're still kind of, you know, waiting to see how that's going to unfold, you know. But I, I think pitching is going to be the biggest reason we do or do not uh, maintain a pace that keeps us in the race. Now, I want to definitely talk about pitching and start with Mejia, who pitches today. Uh, he has pitched with a little more pace in, in his last couple of starts. It doesn't seem as if uh, he's as hesitant to throw the ball over the plate. Have you seen changes in him uh, because the results have certainly been a little bit better too. Well, you know, obviously pace is related to strike throwing, and, mm-hmm. and I think the more that he trusts that he can do that, and we've seen a trend in that direction, the better he's going to be. I, I think today's going to be a tough matchup. I haven't seen the Tiger lineup yet as far as Cabrera is going to be in there or not, but um, this team this season has, has fared much better, the Tigers, that is, uh, against left-handed pitching. Uh, so it, it'll be a, it'll be a good test for him today. But you know, hopefully, conversely, we we come out and and uh, find a way to offensively put some runs on the board against Boyd. But he has been better because he's been throwing more strikes and pitching a lot more confidently. You kind of hit the nail on the head there. When I when I think of Mejia and I think of Kyle Gibson, I think of two guys that started the seasons in a similar fashion. They were trying to be, uh, in my opinion, they were trying to be too fine and. Uh, consequently falling behind in counts seems like both of them are doing a lot better job of uh, getting strike one getting ahead in counts having shorter uh, number of pitches per at bat and all the results are better because of it yeah I, I think those that that comparison is 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 a good one and early in the year when they both kind of struggled with those things you look at strike percentages and first pitch strikes I, th- I think the reasons might have been a tad different I think Gibby you know maybe not as trusting in his stuff but he had maybe a little bit that in that regard, but I thought early in the year he was overthrowing too. I, I really thought he was trying to rear back and feel he had to throw a little bit harder, and because of that he had more misfires. But as he settled in and he's trust his movement, still can throw that four seamer. I think that's both, you know that's that's been a good formula for him, and, and it's been giving him a chance to be uh, more consistent and give us more innings. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about a rotating door at shortstop and the extremes of Irvin Santana on their home for Twins baseball. This is Chris Atterbury, and you're listening to the Paul Molitor Show on Go 96.3. Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. Chris Atterbury alongside uh, Twins legends Paul Molitor and Jack Morris. We're talking about legends because Killebrew Root Beer is made in Minnesota, and it's how memories are created and legends are indeed made. And now we we talked uh, a little bit before about the pitching. Irving Santana not going today, but... The, the extremes of Irvin Santana, Paul, that's one that's difficult to figure out exactly how you can be so, so, so good or when you're not good or great even this year, really, really bad, like not much in between. Well, we talked at the break about uh, trying to explain some of those 
potential reasons why there has been, you know, the extremes of, you know, outstanding performances with, with a lot of zeros as opposed to the crooked numbers that happens every now and then. Thankfully, there's been more of the, of the positive ones, you know. Yeah, but I, I think that as we discussed, um, you know, the, the, these these teams that he, that he has to face multiple times, I think that's a factor. They, they're making adjustments, and, and as Jack pointed out uh, during the break, that they're they understand that maybe some of Urban's success against him in the past has been the fact that they've expanded zone, uh, the zone on slider or change-ups, and, and maybe they're looking for those pitches a little bit more with two strikes and doing a better job of making them throw it over the plate. But, uh, you know, I, I still feel good when he pitches. It's just that they, he's had some of those games where once it starts spiraling out of control, uh, they end up scoring five, six runs. So, the, you know, but overall, you you got to be pleased with what he's done. Yeah, a lot more zeros than uh, I, the five. I kind of attribute it. Uh, in a way is when you're playing your own division so many games you're going to see the same lineup and it's got to be tough especially if you're a guy that has struggled against a certain team Mm -hmm. you know to have to go back against that team over and over again and try to figure out a new way to beat you know a a group of guys that already have your number that's got to be not only physically tough but mentally tough uh, you know, let's look back at Kyle Gibson a couple of years ago. Here's sure. here's the same example. He was really, really good or really, really bad, and uh, mm-hmm. it's those in between games when you got to battle through. We talk about hitters grinding it out. Pitchers kind of have to do the same thing too. And you know, I I I'm aware of how that that works with pitching in, in against opposing hitters, but it's the same same way for our hitters. You know. I, I'll look at it, a couple of our offensive matchups against guys, and the guys, you know, two for 17 with seven strikeouts. Well, let's go look at those 17 at bats and see how why you're not having any success against this guy, mm-hmm. and let's try to make do something to give you a better chance and make him make an adjustment. So it kind of it, it kind of works both ways. Speaking of matchups, you've been matching up your shortstop position, but three different starters there in the last three games. Uh, is it going to be matchup based uh, until one of those guys really kind of gets on a roll? Well, it's it's a tough one to be honest with you. I, I don't enjoy the fact that I am having to uh, try to make a decision on that position every day. It's a key position on the field. Uh, you know, uh, Polanco, uh, who I think very highly of, and it hasn't changed, and I told him that. It's just it hasn't been going particularly well. He's been he's been battling it. He's doing things as a hitter that I've never seen him do throughout his minor league development. And, uh, you know, I think stepping away for a little bit and getting a little bit of a break is probably good. Talked a lot about what he needs to do to give himself a better chance. Um, Adrian's has played well when I when I've stuck him in there, both defensively and with the bat. He's gotten some hits, and Escobar's had a nice offensive season. Um, it's just a matter of you know you can look at who you think's the best shortstops out of those three, and then you kind of have to go from there, and then include matchups and who stays hot. But I, I think at least here in the short term, we'll, we'll probably see a little bit of a, a change of that position. I don't know if it will be daily, but uh, give everybody an opportunity to play and, and try to figure out a way to match them up the best we can. Paul, uh, rumors going around about uh, possibly getting a left-handed pitcher from Atlanta, Garcia. Um, does that, do you have much thought into that, or is it just you're, you're going to do what you have to do until uh, you well, get the final word? You know, I, I think that... Uh, you know, our conversations with Thad and Derek, you know, they've been ongoing here for a few weeks, and I think everyone is kind of trying to be patient. There's so many teams in the mix this year that it's just hard to know which way some clubs are going to go in terms of adding or subtracting. Um, I'm encouraged that we're, you know, out there pursuing to some degree. Um, some of these deals are tough to make. I get that, and it depends on who you're dealing with. But uh, obviously, we'd be open to trying to find ways to upgrade our roster in any capacity that we can. We're getting, as you said earlier, into almost into early August, and 
if we can supplement somehow and, and it makes us a little bit better, uh, at least on paper, I, I think it would be outstanding. All right. It's Paul Molitor's show. we got one final segment. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More with manager Paul Molitor and Jack Morris in a moment on your home for Kings Baseball. Hey, we're Ben, Dana, and Giselle. You're listening to the Alternative Channel at 96.3. Your home for Twins baseball. It's the Paul Molitor Show, brought to you by Killerbury Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made. Twins trying to do something today. They haven't done yet this year, and that's win a series from the Detroit Tigers before heading out on an extended West Coast road trip. And on that trip, Paul, you should get Byron Buxton back. Uh, Byron was swinging the bat as well as he had all year doing his usual uh, magic defensively before he got hurt. Appears to be running at full speed. Uh, nice. Uh, are you excited to, to have a chance to get him back in your lineup? Because uh, you've got other guys who can certainly play center field, but I'm not sure there's many guys walking the earth right now who can play it as well as Byron Well, does. I think we're all hoping that uh, the bat continues to develop. We've seen at times that he can be, you know, very, very good with the bat, especially last year at the end of the season, a couple of nice stretches this year. But it's been still a struggle. But I, I think that we all can obviously tell over the past, you know, seven, eight games that no matter who we put in center field, and they might be decent players defensively, but there's a gap. And uh, what he can do uh, for the confidence for your staff, plays he can make, it, it, it's, it'll be, a, you know, obviously we'd be welcome back with open arms when we get out to L.A. on Tuesday. So he's healthy, he's feeling good, he's doing pretty much everything we can do except create actual game situations and and hopefully his his leg injury is behind him and he comes back and and does what he does paul uh you're a guy who played a long long time and you went through your share of injuries tell us a little bit about the mindset of a guy who's maybe swinging the bat really good and then you have an injury and you have some time to overcome that injury how does that affect when you come back uh you know, are you ready well, to go, or is it sometimes timing issue that kind of messes you up? You know, when it's when it's been 20 plus years since you've had to do that, it, it becomes <laughs> it, it becomes a little bit you know unclear. You still remember? Yeah, yeah. I, I think 10 days is different than 15 days. Sure. Uh, you know, that's why we had talked about getting some at bats for him this weekend. But as it turns out, I think he's going to be fine. Um, it really doesn't take long to get back in the saddle on the box. You know, once you get out there and you got situations and and yeah, you know, it comes it comes back rather quickly. I, obviously, the longer the gap, the more you probably have to do a little more work, like like you do in spring training to get ready. But I, I don't see a big, a big, uh, you know, hurdle for him to climb as far as coming back and, and getting back and swing fairly quickly. It says the guy who has three thousand hits, though, right? Like he wasn't that hard. He wasn't that hard. Hey, I was looking, and I don't believe you ever played at Dodger Stadium. I mean, and I and we're jumping into this road trip. Uh, and, and obviously you were an American League guy, and it was it was pre interleague. And I don't know that yeah. as a coach or manager you've been to Dodger Stadium. Well, I know the players. I uh, hope they're excited about going out there. I I have been in Dodger Stadium twice. Uh, I was there for the All Star Game in 1980, and I didn't play because of an injury, but I participated in the festivities. And then on one of the Japan tours that they they used yeah. to do in no, in November. Yeah, had a workout uh, there. Yeah, we had a workout at Dodger Stadium. I think it was 1988. So it's been you know. It's been almost 30 years for me since I've I've been in that park. So, obviously, the Dodgers, you know, best thing going right now. They've put together an, an incredible season, and particularly over the last five, six weeks where they've only lost a handful of games. It's going to be fun to go out there and, and compete against those guys. Is the greatest Dodger of all time Vin Scully? <laughs> Could be, right? Like, uh, I, mean, I mean, I can get an argument for When me. I think of Dodger Stadium, that's the first thing that comes to my 
Ted is, you know, his his legacy out in, in uh, L.A. Yeah, it's no gonna, doubt. It's going to be an interesting road trip, and you guys have played well out west this year. But before that, you have a chance to finish off what would be a much better homestand. And you've seen better play here at Target Field. I know that was kind of an enigmatic thing to start the year, too, because it seemed like your best baseball was coming away from Target Field. That almost feels as if it's turned a little bit. Yeah, I, I you know, I tried to avoid um, – Getting too, you know, deep in those discussions about home and away. You know, if you can play well on the road, that's a that's a big feather in your cap. And I I just thought that over time, if our you know our home stands would improve, they have somewhat. The the one right before the break was better, although we had a hiccup in the last couple of games against the Orioles. But like you said today, you know, to to win a couple of series this week would be really nice, uh, knowing we're heading out on a tough trip. And, you know, the West Coast is tough, you know, not to mention the Dodgers as well as they're playing. But just to go out there, the time zones, the, the, the length of the trip, there'll be some challenges. You know, Oakland's, Oakland's playing good baseball despite the fact that they're moving some people around. So it'll be a tough trip for us. But obviously today is our focus in trying to win the series against the Tigers. Lineup-wise, uh, you got an idea today what you got rolled out there? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Joe out at first and put Miggy over there. Castro's going to be out. Jimenez is going to catch. I'm going to play all left-handed hitting outfielders that we've seen the last couple of days. Uh, Polanco's going to be back in there. He's got some good, pretty good numbers against Boyd today. And uh, hopefully the combination, you know, comes up on the right side of it and uh like we talked about you know get this game and get ready to head out west bullpen fresh i think we're doing pretty good you know those two guys at the end of the game rogers and kinsler got extended a little bit um surprisingly given the six nothing in the eighth inning but that's how it goes so sometimes and we'll see how those guys are doing but i would think they'll both be available today all right best of luck paul have a great game here today finish this one strong and then uh a good uh, trip out west sounds good all right, that's, Thanks, guys. Yeah, that's right. Paul Molitor. Paul Molitor uh, here on the Paul Molitor Show, brought to you by Killerby Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Coming up uh, just afternoon, it's Inside Twins. Probably more on potential trade deals. Then we've got our pregame lineup card. And, of course, baseball twins and Tigers, Mejia uh, versus Boyd. For Jack and Paul, my name's Chris Satterbury. This is the Paul Molitor Show on your home for Twins Baseball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.